Welcome to Native Currents, a critical look at the biggest stories of the week in Indian country. I'm Glenn Wheeler, broadcasting from the traditional territories of the Mississaugas of the New Credit. And thanks for joining us. It's been a couple of weeks since uh, we've been with you. I've been away in Newfoundland and Labrador, uh, going there uh, twice and back again uh, later this month. So it's uh, a busy travel time for me. Uh, I was in my home community of York Harbor, which is uh, traditional Mi'kmaq territory. Uh, it's on the, the west coast of Newfoundland. And uh, part of the uh, Appalachian uh range of mountains, some of the highest elevations on the uh, on the eastern seaboard, uh, breathtaking territory. Um, uh, a detail that uh, you might find interesting when I was there uh, on May 21st, there was a full moon and then there's another full moon on June 20th. And when you have uh, two full moons in less than a, a month, uh, you get this phrase, uh, blue moon. So once in a blue moon does have a an actual uh, meaning. And uh, at this time of year in Newfoundland, because it's a little bit uh, uh, higher uh, latitude, when we get towards June 21st, it, the hours of daylight are, are longer, of course, and noticeably longer than in a place like Toronto. And uh, I noticed uh, when I was there that uh, even after midnight and until one o'clock it was uh, it took that long for darkness to fall and the the beautiful full moon lit up the uh, the whole the whole night and uh, you could see the uh, the outline of the mountains reflecting in the harbor so it was uh, it was beautiful weather beautiful nights so beautiful it was hard to uh, go inside and go to bed you just wanted to stay out and and just drink it all in so I give thanks for the beautiful weather and the chance to to be there at that uh, at that time. And going back uh, later in June, uh, around uh, June 21st, for those special days for Indigenous people where we celebrate our culture and celebrate the land, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to getting back. Enough about me. You've uh, noticed that the passionate voice of Stephen Van Lawfeld is not here. And there is a very good reason for that. Steve is embarking on a very important project. He's running for chief of the Saugeen First Nation, his home community in the Lake Huron, Bruce Peninsula area of Ontario, or the Saugeen Peninsula, as as it is known among um, Indigenous people in that area. Um, Saugeen faces many of the challenges facing many First Nations across the country. Lack of employment, health and addictions issues, managing relationships with the settler communities. These are all, all familiar themes. And um, Steve has been sitting out a, a very extensive list of policy areas on his Facebook page, part of his campaign spending a lot of time up there and you can check out uh, his uh, his Facebook uh, page uh, uh, Stephen Van Lawfeld for uh, chief of um, 
of uh, Sagin. So uh, do a search and you'll see his uh, his policy proposals and uh, he's running uh, quite uh, quite a good campaign. So um, we uh, we best we wish our our best wishes to Steve and to our our brothers and sisters in Sagin as you make uh, an important uh, decision about the future and um, perhaps uh, we'll have a chance to uh, to have Steve uh, on the podcast to talk about the campaign and about uh, issues in Saugeen and uh, and that area. So, turning to other news, the biggest national news stories of the week had to do with oil pipelines uh, fast becoming a, a defining national political and economic issue um, and an issue that's a, uh, a make it or break it issue for, um, for many including the Trudeau government in Ottawa um, and, um, and um, perhaps the Alberta NDP government. Uh, listeners will know that there, there are a number of pipeline projects on the table. We've talked about Energy East, for example, that will bring oil from the Alberta oil sands to New Brunswick. That project looks less and less likely to ever become a reality, in part because of the overwhelming opposition from First Nations communities in the path of the pipeline, and that's about 100 communities the great majority of which are opposed. And uh, hearing the, the, uh, the strong opposition and the, and the promise that there will be blockades, uh, civil protest, it, it seems clear that uh, many of the First Nations along the proposed path of energies will not, uh, will not allow it to go through. So it, it, that one looks like it's uh, dead on arrival. Uh, so now, in the past couple of weeks, attention has turned to the Kinder Morgan project in, um, in BC. And what that would do is uh, build a twin pipeline next to an existing pipeline and bring the bitumen-based oil from the oil sands down through British Columbia to Burnaby. Burnaby, uh, as people well know, is near Vancouver. So the the oil will be shipped by tanker from the end of the pipeline in Vancouver out. And this is um, this is where the concern arises because we would see a great increase in the the tanker traffic going out through the Burrard Inlet of uh, of BC and with increased tanker traffic becomes uh, of course uh, increased risks of um, of tanker spills for a very delicate area and um, so this past week we had the mayor of B- of uh, Vancouver in Ottawa talking to the Prime Minister and along with them uh, were a number of chiefs from that area uh, making um, making the case that uh, this was uh, uh, risky for 
for Vancouver and also for the uh, peoples, for the Indigenous peoples from that area. So with uh, Vancouver Mayor Gregor Robertson, there was uh, Chief Maureen Thomas from the Tuslele-Waututh Nation, Chief Ian Campbell from the Squamish Nation, and Councillor Howard Grant from the Musqueam Nation. All in Ottawa with uh, speaking with one voice about the problems of this uh, pipeline and the and the economic uh, and environmental damage that would come from a uh, a spill in uh, in Vancouver, which is uh, its its international brand, as it were, is a is a city that uh, spawns various clean technology, uh, the pristine natural environment is uh, is key to the the world image of Vancouver. So a spill, uh, of course, would be bad for the environment, but also bad for business. Um, because uh, an oil spill is um, is not uh, good for the branding of any of any city, uh, especially Vancouver. Uh, proponents, of course, say that, well, uh, there has been tanker traffic going out of that area all the time and um, the risk is relatively low uh, and I guess the thing about risk is that risk is always uh, is always uh, notional until it happens and then when it happens it's uh, it's a fact and it's a very it's a it's a fact that's hard to reverse because once a spill happens it's uh, it's 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 impossible to go back to to pre-spill. It's uh, the uh, the consequences of a spill uh, remain, and uh, people concerned about the about the risk of uh, spill point to the um, the spills that have already been associated with uh, Kinder Morgan projects over the years. In 2005, in Abbotsford, B.C., ruptured pipeline dumps 210,000 liters of crude oil. Burnaby, 2007, road crew ruptures a pipeline, causing 250,000 liters of crude oil to flow into Burrard Inlet, the very uh, same uh, uh, body of water we're talking about uh, now. Burnaby, 2009, 200,000 liters seeped from a storage tank into a surrounding containment bay. Sumas, 2012, 110,000 liters of oil leaked from a Sumas Mountain holding tank. And uh, on that one, the National Energy Board found that the leak was detected later than it should have been. And the company's management of procedures was inadequate. So here's the, uh, the same risks being raised in relation to uh, a tripling of the amount of oil being carried through this uh, proposed pipeline to uh, Burnaby near Vancouver. So um, the next step is for the um, is for the project to go before the, th- the federal cabinet after it's got nat- it, it has received national energy board approval with uh, with conditions and now in a a new step imposed by the Trudeau government it has to go to cabinet for final approval, thus bringing the the project back into the political realm and uh, putting it in the hands of the of the Trudeau government. And um, 
it's uh, it puts the government in a very difficult situation, of course, because uh, it is torn between the commitments it has made to Indigenous people about reconciliation, about uh, the duty to consult, uh, about building a new relationship. And uh, it will be very hard to to ram through this pipeline over the opposition of the indigenous peoples in that area and maintain that, uh, you know, there, we, there is a, a new approach to dealing with, uh, to dealing with indigenous peoples. Of course, on the other hand, uh, there's Alberta and the oil industry is, uh, is in bad shape at the moment because of the crash of, of, uh, of oil prices. Um, Alberta suffering with, uh, the unemployment issues that are are have been caused by that uh, price crash. Uh, so here's the government uh, torn. Uh, but as uh, some of the uh, people who think about the future, about the energy future, tell us, we will be off fossil fuel at some point in the future. And so uh, fossil fuels will come and go. Uh, the problem is the, the consequences of a spill will remain. Uh, and this is what, uh, what indigenous people are, are saying, what environmentalists are saying, and, and what the mayor of Vancouver is, uh, is saying. So um, we'll see how this... Uh, how this matter unfolds in the coming weeks, but uh, it seems we are closer to the inevitable showdown because there's there would seem to be two options, pipeline or no pipeline. And it's very hard to find a, a maybe position that politicians try to look for in these very, very difficult issues. The pipeline will be built or not built. And, um, and this will be the defining issue for Justin Trudeau and for the country in the coming weeks and months. So we'll be watching. That's it for this week. Been a pleasure being uh, being back uh, back with you. Uh, remember, June is a special month for Indigenous peoples as we as we celebrate. Um, across the country around June 21st. Well, in fact, all, all through June, there are events uh, taking place from, from east to west to north. So check out what's happening in your, in your area and uh, celebrate Indigenous history, culture, and, and have fun. Um, We'd like to uh, welcome a new member to the Native Currents team, Allison Baker, our new technical assistant. Allison, great to have you on board, and thanks for making us sound even better. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Native Currents. Check us out online, nativecurrents.blogspot.ca. Subscribe on iTunes. This is Glenn Wheeler. Bye for now.